Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. And Mike, this week we want to talk about putting the cart before the horse. Uh, the, some way too soon type uh, type conversations happening uh, out there. And, and a lot of it revolves around inputs and acreage. So let's talk about this. We've got this uh, problem where we have increasing uh, fertilizer prices, natural gas, uh, nitrogen, you name it, all these, uh, all these input prices are going through the roof. All of a sudden, we're not planting as much corn next year. We're, we're substantially cutting our corn acres. And so we're gonna have corn go through the roof as far as price goes. Uh, but the other side of that is, that also means that now we're gonna plant just an endless amount of soybeans. So let's talk through this and let's uh, let's try and kind of bring some clarity to the uh, to the to the conversation here. Yeah. So as you just said, everyone's gonna be talking. Everyone's talking about these input costs, and it's about this time of year when people you got farmers out in the fields. You got the uh, ending part of the year coming up, getting everything together for taxes that you start to really plan for next year. And it's also about this time of year that you start to see those uh, USDA baseline projections come out. So everyone's watching what's going on with the inflation. And especially with this year, the wants and very good reason to be bullish for most of the year, wanting to find the next story to be bullish and mm -hmm. to buy this market and really all of that. You have lows being called confidently on major news network, well, major commodity news networks. Um, and it really feels like at this point, we are forgetting that there's anything else that we can possibly price in besides that apparently we're not gonna plant corn, even though almost every year we plant a good amount of corn, uh, regardless of the inputs. And it's a very interesting conversation to have at this time of year, so far ahead of planting and as we're still in the fields for harvesting. Well, let's talk about something real quick that you mentioned there. Obviously we wanna kind of hit on uh, a few of these points, but uh, you mentioned the uh, baseline numbers from the USDA. Now, for those that are not familiar, that is a, I believe a 10 year uh, prospectus from the USDA of what they think uh, will happen with uh, regards to uh, acres and, and yields and all that stuff. And it, it really is just kind of a, 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 a litmus test for them. It's, it's kind of just a way for them to establish budgeting and, and whatnot. It's an accounting tool for them. It's not necessarily a, hey, this is what, what's going to happen for the next 10 years. Is, am I reading that right? Yeah, 100%. It's yeah. just a number that they're placing on paper to start to develop ideas uh, and start to get just some kind of number in place, but it's nothing that has been shown with extreme confidence that they're saying this is what we expect to see planted without a shadow of doubt of our right. mind. And it seems like it seems like every year we go into this thing saying that's that's the story. That's this is just a an accounting uh, piece of information. It's not something to base marketing off of. It's not, but yet every single year the market has some sort of a blip uh, when that comes out, like, like it actually means something just that day. And it's like, uh, well, okay, I guess we kind of just chalk it up to, well, we've got to find a story to, to trade 
in October or November, and and that's the story we're going to trade that day. But it's it is it is kind of frustrating because even the USDA will say this is by no means what's going to happen. This is just kind of a a projection as we see trends going currently. So it's uh, as we know, even the number that they give us in March is is rarely the number that it's going to be by the time we harvest in in September, October, November. So it's it's amazing that you you could put any any legitimacy behind a number that they give you 10 years out. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's talk about uh, let's talk about something else here real quick with the uh, with regards to uh these inputs in and you know, we, I think it was uh, 2008 we had seen this uh, this situation similar where uh, where nitri- uh, nitrogen prices uh, went through the roof uh, in the fall. Uh, typically, this is the ch- the cheapest time of the year because we're not we're not actually applying a lot of uh, fall anhydrous or anything like that. Um, yes, we are going to do some, but it's you know it's not the the bulk of it uh, like it would be in the in the spring, but yet these markets uh, and and everybody starts to freak out because oh my gosh if it's this expensive now it's only going to go higher by the time we get ready to uh, to plant so we need to make sure that we're buying in advance uh whether we're buying seed or we're actually buying fertilizer you name it and that seems like a dangerous uh, way to go the problem is you don't know if if this could be the low price for the next 6 or 8 months and that could be where you know those prices do uh, do increase. I mean, it's you look at uh, where we were at just a year, year and a half ago with um, uh, with fuel or or crude prices, and and diesel prices have skyrocketed since then. So it is entirely possible. It could be a a long a long standing trend. But as we saw back in 2008, by the time we got around to planting, those prices, those input prices, had dropped off substantially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all know what happened after 2008. You had that big spike up and then 2009 uh, wasn't anything fantastic for prices. Mm-hmm. It didn't rally the, the grains because of those. So it's always something that you have to be very careful, especially when volume gets low, what stories you're listening to. Because while we can, and at this point, I, I'd say an interesting thing to look at is probably just the myriad of research uh, news articles and seeing exactly what everyone's pointing to because you can Mm -hmm. probably find 20 different stories as to why the grains did what they did today or why they didn't Um, and sometimes it's just because it's money flows sometimes it's because we have option expiration at the end of the week and things along Mm -hmm. those lines so always dial back um, the emotion and Mm -hmm look at what's really going on because like you just said it's it's something where can we see prices continue to go up from here yeah we very well could are they we don't quite know yet we're not at the point where we're really gonna be able to get a very clear defined answer out of that yeah and you also have to you have to remember that uh, you know especially here in the midwest um we're very apt to plant corn that is our that is our staple crop yes we plant a lot of soybeans here in the midwest but Corn is king. There's there's no question about it. Uh, the problem that you also run into is on the other side of it is if you're really going to take that many acres away from corn, what's it going to go to? Because 
if you put it to to soybeans and you do a one for one switch, let's say it's you know five million away from corn and five million to soybeans. That's dangerous because if you look at what we're looking at in South America, they're planting a record crop as we speak. Mm-hmm. So we are coming off a big crop here in the U.S. Uh, for beans. We're we've got what could be and probably should be a record crop out of uh, Brazil. And Argentina is going to be up there as well. The the biggest problem is you have to have a major failure in Brazil with as many acres as they planted this year to just even get back to what's not a record crop. So you're going to have a record crop out of Brazil. You pretty much pencil that in. Now, the degree of a record is is going to be up for debate. But if that's the case, you're not going to go in and plant another 5 million acres of beans. Not here in the United States, you're not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've got to be very careful about that uh, that logic. I mean, it, it, most you know most farmers are not going to swing too far away from their their standard rotation anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, just how it is year after year. They have their plants set up. They have their seed uh, purchased early on. It's it's something that you don't see a lot of acres switching, and on top of it. How many times have we been that great at guessing acres as far out? I remember, I mean, even last year, we were, as a market whole, we were totally off on the amount of acres being planted for corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we also have to think, okay, if we have a record crop and, or not a record crop, but we have a really good crop and you continue to hear good yields coming out of our harvest that's still going on, you have South America that's going to have a ton of acres planted and we're not seeing exports come over here for our beans what are we getting so bold up about at this point maybe right. there's a story on the line but what right now should we be bullish about pricing in as we go into south america's time of year yeah yeah and and then another another thought here that and this is this kind of moves into the economic side of things uh, as you had alluded to but you talked about inflation but one of the things that uh, is sitting out there and there's there's conversation that could be had that's super bullish on the on the commodity side of things when it comes to inflation but there's also the economic uh, uh, issue that that's really kind of playing out in front of us right now which is this evergrand situation in China they are coming up to the default uh, window for those um, uh, for those uh, debt repayments that haven't been made that they missed uh, and that uh, that 30 day window is I believe coming up uh, this weekend for the first cutoff and then it's about four or five days after that so there's a big uh, a big issue out there and if if that happens if that default actually does happen that kind of starts the domino effect of the uh of the housing market over in china and that has wide-ranging effects when it comes to i mean because those might as well be banks over there rather than uh housing uh or property management uh, groups but that's a huge issue because that will reverberate throughout these these other markets whether it's japan the united states or europe and that could be one of those black swan events that we've talked about in the past that could so, you know, could have a reason to see the Dow 
take off a quick thousand points or, or 2000 points or to have the crude, which is in a fantastic uptrend and making new contract ties or very near contract ties, uh, take off six, eight, ten dollars real quick. And that would send some waves into the uh, into the into the, the grain space as well, um, you know, with with regards to bean oil, which has been on a tear, which has been helping to support the beans the last few days. Same thing with ethanol and corn. So there are there are quite a few things out there that you have to be watching for. And it's not all bearish, but right now, some of the more pressing things that we have to deal with are these economic issues. It's not what we're going to plant in eight months, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you don't even have to go all the way out to China to see problems arising. You have the U.S. side of things. Companies all over the place are desperate to have help, desperate to get employees in the door. They're mm -hmm. paying through the nose for sign-on uh, sign bonuses uh, just to get people in the door to work. And you have inflation going into every single input for them as well. Mm -hmm. And you also have increasing labor costs. Yeah. Well, you've got the you've got the supply chain crunch. You I mean, you can't find you can't find truckers anywhere. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you just are in a in a bind in every phase of the supply chain right now. Yeah. And you have these businesses that very well they're paying up to get the inputs. They're paying up to get labor. They're not able to produce as much as they really need to, and they're shelling off all this cash in order to do so. So we have this debt problem that keeps getting pushed back here stateside. And what happens if you start to see some of these companies go under and mm -hmm. you don't see these jobs there anymore? And now people want to work, but they just can't find anywhere to work. And now they don't have this debt forgiveness that we continue to push back. So not only look at China, but also here we have a very alarming problem that is happening right now. So it just goes, to, I mean, it just goes back to the fact of we have a lot on the micro and macro scale to be monitoring very closely going forward. And don't take your eye off the overall ball, which is mm -hmm. how do you keep your operation the most profitable as possible, or even just going into the next year. So if you guys have any questions, please give us a call 800-262-7538. But for this week, that's where we'll leave it. And this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one out there.